0: book of 1st Thessalonians, 1st Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll read a good portion of this chapter, but our text today is verses 20 through 22. Hear now the word of the living God, 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, Encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray. Father, we ask that as we live in this fallen world, that you are at work saving your lost sheep and using us for the brief time that we are given to live in this life. We thank you that history is not reeling out of control. But Lord, you are at work And you have work for us to do. And so, Lord God, revive our hearts this day to have faith and love and hope in you, Lord Jesus. And to grow up in you with vigor and with strength to serve you and to make the most of each day for your glory. We love you, Lord. We love your word. We love one another. And we love growing in you, Lord Jesus. So come and press this, the very word of your mouth that we have read. Open our eyes to understand it more and better and write it upon our hearts for your praise. In Jesus we pray. Amen. In this passage of Scripture, uh, we are looking now at these instructions that God gives at the end of this letter that the Lord gave through His apostle to the church there in Thessalonica. Uh, The Lord had broken into a dark place and the light was shining. And these people now uh, are called to remember uh, who they are and who Jesus is, and to have God's perspective on life. And so we come now again to the text that we began looking at in this series of practical, everyday instructions of living out Our love for and life in Jesus Christ. This side of heaven. This side of eternity. In verse 20, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. You remember last Lord's Day, we began looking at this In verse 20, do not despise prophecies. And we saw that prophecy is when God would put his very word in a prophet's mouth. And all through the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we see uh, that God would give his word. But in the context of God giving his word... Uh, There was the need for ongoing instruction, ongoing uh, 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 revelation from Almighty God so that people would uh, know what pleases the living God. With the completion of Holy Scripture, uh, God has finished the revelation of His will until Jesus comes again. And so we saw in verse 20, God instructing his people in that day. And the application in our day is to listen to God, to not despise anything that God would tell us. In Hebrews chapter 1, we saw the contrast that in the Old Testament economy, even up until the days when Jesus finished his word, God spoke in many ways, in various times, in all kinds of manners. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son ongoing until Jesus would come and finish his word and that word has been completed in Revelation chapter 22 the Lord warns anybody who adds to the words of the prophecy of this book the book of Revelation as well as all of scripture if God Uh, God warns, do not add. If you do, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. 2 Timothy chapter 3 tells us that Scripture has been given and that that's what makes the man of God, the woman of God, the young person of God, the boy of God, the girl of God, complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so God says, despise not, prophecies. And we saw the connection in verse 19 that the chief way to quench the Spirit is to neglect, to not heed the Word of God, the Bible. Of all the things that we could do to insult or set aside uh, the testimony of this most precious friend, it would be to despise the word of God. And the Lord ha- war- has warned us of the consequences of quenching the spirit, insulting the spirit, and the ultimate expression of that, Denying the testimony of the Holy Spirit till we die. Blaspheming against the Spirit. No, uh, we want to give ourselves to listen to Jesus. Well, verses 21 and 22 now describe for us uh, what to do with the Word of God. What does God want us to do? Uh, to listen to the Word of God. And so in verse 21, the Lord tells us two things. Test everything, hold fast what is good, and then verse 22 tells us an additional thing, abstain from every form of evil. Holding fast And abstaining from evil are are kind of two sides of the same coin. If we hold fast to what is good, then we will be turning our back on evil. We will be rejecting what is not good. And so here we have then these two basic things. Test everything. And as we test everything... We're going to take the results of that test and we're going to apply it in our everyday lives. Uh, The test results will come back and if that test says this is something that is good, we hold fast to it. If the test results come back and says that's poison, we say don't want any of that. Let's look at this. Test everything. Now this word test is the word that was used when precious metals uh, would be uh, 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 in view. Uh, uh, Gold would be tested. It would be proven. Uh, It would be heated very, very, very hot. And if there were any impurities in that uh, uh, gold, when it would be tested by fire, those impurities would either be burned up or they would be separated from the gold and removed. Uh, We can see uh, that over in the book of 1 Peter. If you'll turn with me to 1 Peter, and this is uh, the very same word. 1 Peter chapter 1, the Lord will begin reading in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded or kept through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, and there's our word, More precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so here's this picture uh, of of, uh, gold being tested, uh, shown to be uh, genuine, shown to be pure. Well, let's go back to our text now in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. God says that we as God's people are to test everything. And the context is that we are not despising the word of God, but we're taking the word of God, and that is the yardstick for life. That's God's measuring rod. And as we look at ourselves and everything in life, we are to take God's measuring rod and hold everything up to God's yardstick, the Bible. And we're to figure out, is it pure or is it dross? Is this gold or is this Junk metal. If it's gold, what are we going to do with it? We'll talk more about that here in a moment, but I'll give you a hint. Hold fast to what is good. And if we find that it's dross, what are we going to do with that? I'll give you a hint. Abstain from every form of evil. And so we are to test everything. We are to take the Word of God and we are to look at ourselves and every nook and cranny of our lives. In our own hearts, what we think, how we treat one another, our manner in which we live. And when we do, when we hold ourselves up to God's yardstick, Guess what we're going to find? I don't measure up. And so, what do we do? Well, we run to Jesus, and we embrace him. Turn with me to 1 Timothy, um, no, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And here the Apostle Paul is writing to his son in the faith, a young pastor by the name of Timothy. And in chapter 3, in verse 14, he says, Timothy, here's what you're going to face all kinds of evil men. But they're going to come to nothing, they will go from bad to worse. But in contrast, verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And no matter where you get on God's road system. You can think of the Bible like a huge map, okay? Uh, It's a map that, that details all of life, and no matter where you get on this map system, if you follow this map correctly, it will lead you to one central place, and that is the person and work of Jesus Christ, if you get on in Genesis, if you get on in Exodus, if you get on in Malachi, no matter where you get on this road map, if you understand it correctly, first and foremost, it will lead you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what it means to test everything. We look at our lives, we look at life, and we hold up the yardstick of God's Word, and we are confronted with this most basic truth and fact that we are fallen in Adam, and the only one who can put us back in a right standing with our Creator is the Son of God who has come in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Christ of Nazareth. And He is the one that we believe, we repent of living against God and embrace Him. God uses the yardstick, the Word of God, to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And so that's what happens when we test when we hold up the Word of God, first and foremost, we see we need Jesus. And Jesus is our prophet. He's our priest. He's our king. He's our prophet. He's the one who tells us the truth. He takes this book, these 66 books of Holy Scripture, and he comes by his Spirit and speaks the truth to our hearts to tell us who we are and who he is and what's right and wrong so that we would believe in him and follow him. He's our priest. He's the one who laid down his life upon the cross. He's the one who alone can make atonement. He's the great high priest who offers his own blood in the very presence of God on our behalf. He's the king who subdues our hearts and rules over us and protects us and is guiding history. Well, the Apostle Paul goes on in verse 16 of Second Timothy 3. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable or useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And I want you to notice the progression here. After we come to know the Lord Jesus, God teaches us. And when he teaches us, there are things in Henry's life and your life that are out of uh, Sink with what pleases God. And so God reproves us. He doesn't do it because He hates us. He does it because He loves us. Uh, he's putting His finger, shining His spotlight upon nooks and crannies in our lives that need cleaning. And the Lord exposes that. He shines the light on that. And he does so, so that there will be a correction. So that we will turn from things that are not right. And we will turn to Jesus. And then so that we will be trained in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God's Word not only focuses on the person and work of Christ, but this yardstick is the will of God for life. Everything. God's Word gives us light so that we can know how to be holy and happy. As individuals, in our homes, in the workplace, At play, in civil government, in everything that we do. Test everything. Hold everything up to God's yardstick. Well, let's look at another passage. Hebrews chapter 5. The preacher in the book of Hebrews is writing to people who were in a hard spot. On the one hand, they had owned the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but there were people who didn't appreciate that. There was the unbelieving Jewish community, the bulk of the Uh, a nation of Israel at that time, uh, who said, we do not acknowledge Jesus of Nazareth as Messiah. And they, as you read the book of Acts, as you read the epistles, there was fierce opposition. So that was one thing that these early Christians faced, but the unbelieving Jews asked the Romans for help in stamping out the name of Jesus. And it was the Sanhedrin that went to Pilate and said, this man deserves to die. We can't put him to death. Uh, The Roman Empire had given them the authority to uh, uh, administer uh, uh, justice except and up to the death penalty. And so that's why they went to Pilate and demanded, this man must die. Even though Pilate three times declared, I find nothing wrong with this man. Uh, Pilate understood that it was because of just pure jealousy that the Sanhedrin, the leaders uh, of the Jews uh, in that day demanded crucify him, crucify him. Uh, Pilate, uh, he didn't care ultimately what was right and wrong. He scoffed saying, what is truth? There is no such thing as truth but to placate the people and to keep a riot from breaking out. He condemned what he himself knew was an innocent man to death. And when the Apostle Peter is preaching in Acts 2, he says, this man delivered up by the hands of godless men. Uh, The Jews used the Roman Empire. Uh, And so here were these two factions in joined opposition against the name of Jesus. That's the context of the book of Hebrews. And these Hebrew Christians were being persecuted fiercely and they were tempted to let go of Jesus and to go back to the Old Testament shadows that pointed to Jesus, but now that were in concert rejecting him. And the Lord moved the preacher in the book of Hebrews to write this whole book with one purpose in view, and that is to show that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of those Old Testament shadows. And that if you let go of Jesus, none of those shadows apart from Jesus can do you any good. That those shadows all lead you to the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the middle of this book, in chapter 5, he begins talking about Uh, how Jesus of Nazareth was of an order of priesthood of a higher order than the Levitical priesthood. One of the arguments against Jesus of Nazareth being Messiah was that he couldn't be a priest because he wasn't of the tribe of Levi. Everybody knows that priests had to be descended from the tribe of Levi. And the writer, the preacher of Hebrews, by the power of the Holy Spirit, spends three chapters proving and showing that Messiah was of an order of priesthood higher than the Levitical priesthood. And so he introduces this figure, this shadowy figure in the Old Testament that you can read about in the book of Genesis in chapter Uh, 11 and 12 and 13 and 14, here is this fellow Abraham and he encounters this shadowy figure, a man by the name of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek, he is the king of Salem and the priest of God Most High. And we don't see anything else about Melchizedek until Psalm 110 when David, writing by the inspiration, the Holy Spirit says uh, that God had said, you are a priest forever concerning his son who would come in the flesh according to the order of Melchizedek. And so in verse 11, he says in chapter 5 of Hebrews about this, about Melchizedek, and that Messiah is of an order of priesthood, according to Melchizedek. About this, we have much to say, and it has become hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God, the writings of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Now next week we had the joy of having a fellowship lunch and we just uh, are are so blessed to have so many incredible chefs in our congregation. Uh, I always look forward to times of feasting together. But what if next week, as we're going through the line, um, here we are, we're getting our plate and loading it up, what if you saw, Pastor Henry, instead of getting a plate and my fork and all the stuff, I, I I pull out of my coat a bottle. And it's a baby bottle. And it's got milk in it. And there's a nipple on top. And I stick that in my mouth. and And stand there where y'all are going through the line getting your food on your plate and I start chugging that bottle of milk down you'd go Ooh, there's something wrong here this is not right he's a grown man he's an old grown man he's got white hair he's he's, he's, he's not supposed to be drinking milk out of a bottle Well, that's what was happening spiritually to these Christians. They were still drinking milk out of a bottle, spiritually. And he says, instead of that, they should have grown up spiritually so that they, instead of having a bottle of milk, they could enjoy solid food. They could go through the line at the fellowship lunch and load their plate up with all of these goodies that have been prepared. Notice what he says about growing in Jesus, testing everything. Here are people who all they knew about from the word of God was the milk of the gospel. Now we're not putting down the heart of the message of the Bible. That is basic, and we will never outgrow feeding upon Jesus. I don't care how how, how much you learn, never lose sight that our life is to know and love and trust and feed upon Christ. But this passage says God wants us to grow in learning how to live for this Jesus. What it looks like to please him. About this we have much to say. It's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. God wants us to be skilled in the word of righteousness. God wants us to learn his word, to keep reading and studying and praying over the word of God so that when we are living everyday life and we are confronted with issues in our home, in our marriages, in parenting, in the workplace, in society, that we immediately are skilled in knowing what the Word of God says, and we are able to take the yardstick of God and hold it up to whatever it is we're dealing with. That's what Hebrews 5. And these people had quit doing that. It was like they were just carrying around the baby bottle instead of Having grown up in Christ, having become accustomed to the word of righteousness, applying it. Look at verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. What is it they're going to be trained by? The oracles of God, the writings of Holy Scripture they're going to be able to know what the Word of Righteousness says. The Bible says. Um, That's the solid food. And what's the bottom line? Who, by constant practice, are trained to distinguish good from evil. I heard a man uh, many, many years ago say that Uh, uh, God doesn't want us to just be able to distinguish good from evil, but to distinguish good from almost good. Uh, God wants us to be skilled in the word of righteousness. And that means that we need to be reading the Bible. I know many of you have a, 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 a program, uh, an outline for reading the Scriptures so that you can read through the Bible in a year. And if, if you can do that, that's great. But at the very least, you need to be reading systematically through books in the Bible. And if you don't have time to read four to five chapters a day uh, which is what it would take for you to read through the Bible in a year at least you need to be reading a few verses of Scripture every day and thinking about them then throughout the day Uh, Psalm 1 describes blessed is the man who what? Turn with me to Psalm 1 Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. One of the commentaries that I, I love to read And for the most part, find just very, very faithful uh, to Scripture, was written back uh, in the late 1600s, early 1700s by a fellow by the name of Matthew Henry. And why, why is that so still useful? It doesn't... Read like it was written hundreds of years ago. Well, it's real simple. He just is explaining what the Bible says. And it was said of Matthew Henry that if you cut him, he would bleed Bible. If you cut him, he he had eaten so much Bible that if you cut him, he would bleed Bible. Bible. Now, that ought to be what is characteristic of us. That we are those who are feeding on the Word of God. And I pray that God will make us hungry for His Word, hungry to want to know Him, hungry to want to learn the will of God. God is good. And God's paths are good. What God says is good, we want to hold fast. What God says is evil, we want to throw it away. Why? Because Jesus is our life. He's light. We don't want to walk in darkness. We don't want to be stumbling about in the briar patch of sin. Um, When I was growing up, I loved to go hunting. And we lived at the base of a huge mountain. It was close to three miles long, this mountain was. And there was a valley that uh, I used to love to go, very, very desolate place, very, very isolated uh, but in the in the bottom of this huge valley, there was a briar patch. And, and I don't mean just a little briar patch. I, I mean it was just massive. And there were deer trails through that briar patch. And it was just a maze of, of trails. And once you got in it, it was hard to figure out exactly how to get out of it. Well, that's how sin is. Uh, Satan presents sin as, as, oh, this would be good for you. And Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? your own understanding. And so here we have in First Thessalonians chapter 5 test everything. Test everything. Um, are you reading Scripture? Uh, are you meditating on the Word of God? Uh, Psalm 119. Turn there with me. God said... Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might, what? Not sin against thee. Uh, God doesn't just want us to read the word of God and study the word of God, praying over the word of God, meditating on the word of God. He wants us to memorize God's word. When was the last time you memorized a verse of scripture, We get so busy, don't we? And let me just encourage you to write a verse of Scripture that you want to memorize on a little note card and just stick it in your pocket or your purse or your jeans. And just whenever you have a second or two, just pull it out and look at it. Read it over at the beginning of the day. Um, And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to think, who can I ask, what verse are you memorizing? And so you can ask me, Pastor Henry, what verse are you memorizing? And I might ask you, what verse are you memorizing i probably won't ask you today but maybe this week sometime or it might even be next week god wants us to encourage one another you remember we've seen that over and over in the book of first thessalonians god's people are encouraging one another test everything we need to be encouraging each other husbands and wives be a great thing parents and children in a family, to memorize the same verse of Scripture. When you're riding together, you can say, Okay, how are we coming on our verse? Let's read it over together. And we're going to memorize this verse. Um, Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I have stored up your word in my heart, verse 11, that I might not sin against you. One last passage and we'll stop. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We read in the book of Acts chapter 2 that God's people were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, and to fellowship. Continually devoting themselves. And here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence... Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another. Now the ESV says stir one another up. But I love the old King James. How to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Now it's not just any kind of provoking. God wants us to provoke one another to love and and good deeds, and notice verse 25, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, God wants us to be gathering together so that we can learn at the feet of Jesus to understand His Word More clearly, more extensively how to apply it. Test everything. We're to be holding up God's yardstick to everything that we think, say, do. And if it's good, we hold fast. If it's evil, we throw it away. Why? Because... We want to please Jesus. We love Him because He first loved us. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that You give us these instructions. And Lord God, how we praise You and how we thank You for the Holy Scriptures. And we thank You that the heart of of Your book is leading us to feed upon Jesus Christ. And then the rest of the book is how to please Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, bless now as we continue to worship you together. Forgive us of our sin. O Lord, grab a hold of us and grow us in you for your praise. In Jesus we pray. Amen.